Thursdays. Every Thursday. Right, yeah, it's Wednesday every Thursday, uh, but it's Friday. And yes, what can I say? Other than there was a lot of shit that came out this week. There was a bunch of shit that came out last week. Uh, we're going to talk about a little of both. I'm good to go, man. Where do you want to start? Uh, yo, let's start with the uh, let's start with the elephant in the room. All right. Uh, we had we started talking a lot about nuts, and uh, people been going nuts over ah. uh, a specific issue that was released last week. Uh, it, it was Batman Damned. Um, yeah. <laughs> So we're going to talk about the whole elephant and just the elephant trunk. Just the elephant trunk. Um, I mean, the, the book is an oversized issue uh, because apparently size matters. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a very large uh, issue. So, you know, very tall, uh, very wide. Um, and inside of this issue, there are three panels. And these three panels happen to include... The Batawang. I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. Yeah. Did you say the Batawang? Yeah. Yeah. It, it is uh, the the Johnson of Mr. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's like walking through the Batcave, disrobing, doing his thing. And like literally his, his thing is just hanging out. And um, hangs a little to the left. That's what we can tell you about Batman's uh, joint. Um, his political views too. He's just a little to the left. Just a little. Uh, but he's so so. What was interesting to me is there's a whole lot of controversy about this. Uh, so what happened is what happened was um, <laughs> these guys at DC decided that. Eh, it doesn't really do anything for the story, so we're just going to retcon that shit. So in any future printings, like when there's a second printing of this, which there will be because this book is sold the fuck out, um, any second printings, any digital printings, anything else is not going to include Batman's penis. That's unfortunate. I was hoping they were going to do a special Halloween run since we're going into October, like a dick or treat, you know? <laughs> dick or treat. I like it. Uh, yeah. So, so no, yeah, no dick or treat, nothing like that. Uh, you, you may get some dick in this, uh, in the upcoming issues. Uh, but we're talking more Nightwing and not actual schlong. All right. Uh, but this, this, uh, this image though, what was interesting to me is that the image was not really just a full on shot of his penis. It was literally just like an outline, like a shadow almost. Uh, so, like, you look at it and you're like, that's definitely penis, but it's not, like, in your face, like, you know, big, veiny, like, fucking Snickers bar penis. You know what I mean? Nevertheless, like, we can now confirm that there's there's good heating. There's a good heating system in the Batcave. Yeah. Yep. Because, it, yeah, it's not retreating. Right. It's not retreating. So, so here's here's another thing that was interesting about this. A lot of the controversy that came up. Uh, was shaken up by a group. I think they were called like the Anti-Circumcision uh, Society or some shit like that, like ACS. What? Uh, yeah, and like they were really, really fucking upset that Batman was circumcised. <laughs> and <laughs> and this was a thing. Like, what like kind they, of religious ramifications are there? Why we we? <laughs> and it I wasn't. Just... It, and it didn't have anything to do with uh, with. Religion, it had more to do with uh, him being circumcised and how it's like it's just brutal to like circumcise uh, children who don't have any say in the matter. Regardless, uh, regardless, yeah. why wouldn't his character have been circumcised? Like, yeah. what is it about Bruce Wayne that would make them think that he's not circumcised? And otherwise, why are they picking now to? I don't understand. I, I don't know why they're choosing a comic book character to like fucking rally around. Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. It's a fictional character, whether he's circumcised or not. Like, I mean, like, two weeks from now, he could actually be uncircumcised because he's a fucking comic book character, he's fictional, and it doesn't fucking matter. 
<laughs> but apparently it matters to these guys. So like they they launched a big campaign, and I guess they're like trying to shut down the uh, the whole the whole thing. And I that's part of why uh, DC is you know retconning the the whole thing. So anybody who got their hands on <laughs> anybody anybody who picked up this issue, <laughs> yeah, uh, and got and got the full Monty, if you will. Uh, Blue Monty issue. <laughs> they they uh, they they scored because there's not going to be another printing of this, and there's a, it was actually a pretty limited print run, from what I understand. Yep, sorry to say, so- sorry, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to go read a Dick Grayson book or something. Yep. Well, How was the book? At least in the Dick Grayson books, you can get a lot of butt shots. But Batman wears a cape, so. How is the book otherwise? Uh, oh, the book's great. I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, the Joker wasn't it? Said, yeah, I read it too. I was surprised. Yeah, it was dope. You it didn't was, think so? Yeah, well, it was much a dick about nothing. Like it, there was a lot of focus, you know, on on uh, Bruce's membership instead of the actual content that was going on in the book. And I thought I thought it was a pretty good story. Yeah, I mean, like the Joker's dead, and you got Constantine involved, and. Uh, you got some uh, demonic shit happening, and and Bruce Wayne trying to deal with all that shit. I mean, it was just a very, it was a very different type of Batman story, and I was digging it. <laughs> You're digging it. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like, do you feel like uh, exposing himself in the book? Do you feel like that helped or hurt this story? Like it, it brought a lot more attention in, right? So it was good for a quarter. Um, and which is good if you have a good story to back it up, but do you think it takes away and distracted? Do you think people are are only in as much as there are immature people out there that will focus on that? I mean, I don't think from what I saw, I don't think it was the intention at all of the the artist or the the writer to distract from the story. I think it was just a the artist was I don't even think the artist was having fun with it. I think the artist was just like, hey, he's disrobing. He's in this cave lighting. If light doesn't reflect off this shit, it looks like he has no penis. So let's just put a little bit of light there. There's a hint of like something that light's reflecting off of to be consistent. Um, I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to throw artist. in. I'm gonna have to throw in the challenge flag on that one. I don't think there's any way that you could draw Batman's dick or outline of Batman's dick without realizing that you're about to cause a media circus. I think this was a very calculated media circus. And and that's why I'm asking if if it distracted from the story because all right so again let's take the question back off the table and just talk about intent. I cannot imagine drawing Batman's dick knowing that it's about to be publicly consumed. I just hate that I said that out loud. Uh, <laughs> and I can't imagine drawing it for public consumption and and not realizing that it's going to be a media frenzy. Yeah, I mean, sure, whatever. I mean, like, it's it's Lee Bermejo or Bermejo. I don't know how you say his name. I'm thinking Bermejo, right? Uh, but tomato, tomato, Bermejo, Bermejo, whatever. Uh, it, it's he's a he's an artist, and his art has always been realistic, edgy, and I think this is just him. I, I'm willing to bet that he's done this shit in the past and it's just been edited out. But with this being a, a book where they're just letting the writer and the artist do what they need to do, you know what I'm saying? And just like go at it raw. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that was, I think that was a, a company decision to leave it alone. But I also feel like he's done this in the past. Most likely. I don't think this is anything new for Lee. Okay. Like, I don't think this was calculated. I don't think, like, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, let's put his dick in here. It's going to be awesome. So, to our audience, I would say the long and the short of it is uh, while you're um, while you're reading a, a pretty <laughs> a pretty lengthy Batman story, uh, <laughs> there's, there's some plot, you know, underneath the covers there. There's some good stuff. There's some uh, weight. Huh? There's some weight. Yeah, there's... Yeah. There's some there's definitely some girth to it. Yes. Um 
yeah, you're not going to have to wait a long, long time. Uh, if you if you dig into that story and you just let that story penetrate your soul, uh, it's a pretty it's, there's some there's some value there. If you did get your hands on this, then make sure you uh, actually get some protection for it. Because, yeah, because it's going to be a very valuable comic. Are you recommending the the cardboard and sleeve? Yeah, yeah. Remember, children, wrap it up. Yeah, sleeves are readily available. Yeah. Uh, It'll ensure that your uh, comic is has value for years to come. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, moving on. Moving I don't on. know. I don't know how to transition to where. <laughs> <laughs> we just gotta go. We just have to stop and go. I think. All right. So we're gonna edit in a commercial here for Starbucks or something, and then we're gonna come back, and I'm gonna tell you all about Iron Hammer, um, because recently. Um, in the infinity, uh, help me out here. Infinity warps or infinity wars. Yeah. Yeah. In the infinity wars, we've got uh requiem, a character that is, uh, formerly known as Gamora. She has, uh, folded the universe in half upon itself. And, um, it seems that the heroes that we know and love who happen to be in proximity to each other, uh, combined until until one character in this new universe that she's created so um my first impression when i read that book separate to this book when i read that book my first impression was oh they're doing uh marvel versus dc when they didn't have the balls in the late 90s to uh to have victory you know what i mean and have their characters job to the other characters uh, they're going to do this no finish finish and have an amalgam, which is the, the imprint that they used for the for the characters when they combine them. And uh, except except when I read it in Requiem, I'm seeing these characters. And as they appeared in Requiem, I was in um, I'm sorry, in, in in the Infinity Wars. Uh, it looked pretty cool to me. It did. I was I was kind of excited about Spider-Man slash Moon Knight, whatever the character's name is. Right. So since then, we've had two issues. Uh, I've read neither. Say what? I've read neither. One of them was Captain America, Doctor Strange hybrid. Do you remember the name of this? It was uh, Captain Soldier. No, uh, Supre Soldier Supreme. Soldier Supreme. That was right. Uh, yeah, and unfortunately, it was right along the, the lines and quality of um, the Amalgam titles. It was a, a cash money tie-in to this event comic that they're doing with no so, ramifications uh with it seems like there are going to be no ramifications i mean can you imagine i do i i don't imagine ramifications coming from this i don't imagine any continuity building off of this uh well, no, it's going to be soldier supreme from here on out no more cap no more <laughs> no more dr strange yeah of course <laughs> uh yeah it was i don't know man i don't want to say it was trash but it wasn't it didn't do anything for me so I, I had I had more hopes for Iron Hammer. I don't know why. You know why? Because I'm stupid sometimes. Uh, <laughs> so I read oh, Iron Hammer. And now, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Now you got Thor, Iron Man kind of guy running around in a hybrid of uh, our world and um, and and Thor's world, and it's it's just the, everything you would expect. It's it's what you would expect a a, a 13 year old who reads both books, it's a storyline that you would expect from them. Just trying to include characters where I'm like, all right, I bet when I flip the page, I'm about to see somebody with 10 rings. And guess what? You flip the page and you see some weird ass elf with 10 rings. Uh, yeah. it, it was all ho-hum. There was a couple of things that was, you know, that, that had a little bit of charm to it. But uh, for me, nah, dog, it's not, it's not my jam, dog. I'm going to have, it's a hard no for me, dog. It's a hard no. It's a hard well, one. I, I'll be honest with you, man. Like I saw these books, I I glanced at them, I picked them up, I held them in my hands. I didn't open them, and I put them back on the shelf. I I don't know. I've got no. I had no motivation to read, man, because like it's like you said, I already know the outcome is going to be that these things are just going to disappear and go away. So what's the point of reading? Like, and I don't think it's going to have any impact on the uh, the story. 
at hand, it's just supposed to be a fun tie-in. And, like, I'm good with fun tie-ins because there's so much other shit out there to read that I need to consume that is actually going to be beneficial to me in furthering a story that I'm reading or maybe just something that's a little bit more, uh, a little bit more heavy, um, you know, for my brain. So I don't know. I put it right down. I, I didn't look at it. So I'm, I'm going to take your word for it and probably skip on it, but maybe, maybe I'll pick it back up and give it another look uh, after I see that it has some meaningful, uh, ramifications and, and I will continue. I will continue to read Infinity Wars, though. Like that, I don't want you. To, I don't. I don't want to present the wrong impression that you have to have long-term ramifications in your book to make it interesting to me. That's a dangerous message, and that's not my message at all. But in an otherwise uninteresting book, um, which should be interesting just by premise, right? Oh, you're mixing Thor and, and Iron Man. Well, you know, it just didn't hit for me. And unless it has some long-term ramifications, that's just a hard pass because it, it just hasn't worked for me so far. Yeah, it's like a broken 3D model that walks like it's skating. I, I Yeah, I just, like, I don't know if you get what I'm saying, but that, to me, that just, like, that's what it feels like. I don't, I don't need to read this. I don't need to do anything with this because it's just, it's weightless. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not, it's not, like you said, it's not, it has nothing to do with long-term ramifications, but it probably doesn't really have any short-term ramifications either it has to have some ramifications so uh we've spent way too much time on this book that didn't deserve it uh <laughs> give me another yo action comics 1003 all right we talked about bendis in a little while and we're going right back to the well yeah i, I think that's a good idea right to go back to the well let's let's go back to the well no more dick puns no no dick puns are done no more. That's what that's what she said. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Action Comics. Action Comics. 1003. I think one of the things about this issue that really stood out to me is that Bendis has like he already laid the groundwork in the in the previous issues. But I, I think the previous issues are showing up to be just that. Like like he came out with Action Comics 1001, uh Superman you know, the, the new Superman books, uh, I think they're both, they both launched with spectacle and what you expect from Superman mixed in with some of what you expect from Bendis. But I think this is the first full issue where we get exactly what we expect from Bendis without all of the spectacle, um, where we get a lot of, a lot of character building, a lot of character development, a lot of mystery, a lot of crime. Uh, this is like. And that's his forte. That's, that's yeah. his money. Bendis. Yeah, and I felt that in this issue. I felt it like it was dripping with with uh, vintage Bendis crime uh, crime comics, right? Yep. Um, mixed in with some of this fantastic like Superman universe stuff, and it was dope. I I loved it. Like I I actually loved it. Yeah, you get a little you get a little bit of the stupid Superman stuff too, where he's obviously fucking Superman, where Clark Kent is obviously Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like the lady's walking by him with kryptonite and he keeps getting sick. She walks away, he gets better. She walks back, he gets sick again. It's like, hmm, you must have a bad cold. Like, like oh, man. <laughs> at, some point, at some point, somebody's gotta, you know, somebody's gotta know what's up. Yeah, right. Uh like that shit, that shit was I'm like, yo, he's gonna get found out right now. But like what he should have done is continue to fake being sick when she left. Yeah. Because like she left and he's like, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm like, fucking just stay down. Just stay down. It Come wasn't on, like, a, it, it was, it was definitely a nice buildup of tension though. Like I, it was, it was definitely tense. He built a nice tense scene and that wasn't the only tense scene that he built in this book. Yeah. I loved, uh, I loved Batman's scene. Right. So Batman, spoiler alert, Batman shows up. This is uh world's finest in uh, action comics. And he even says it. He even says world's he, finest. He even says it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I loved it. It was so corny and I loved it. Yes, it was. And I did too. I did too. A, a DC Universe non-fan as I am, I, I did enjoy that significantly. Yeah, he, he's, yeah, he basically shows up and uh, takes the kryptonite from the chick that had the kryptonite and was just like, 
she was like, can I get that back? He's like, no. <laughs> and then he the- says, where did you get, he goes, what I loved is, where did you get this from? <laughs> and then she says, and he goes, I know where you got it from. I just want to hear you say it. <laughs> <laughs> he was lying too. He was oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. And then, and then, so, so then the book, I, and I'm going to try to be vague about this, but then the book ends with a with a real strong cliffhanger with a classic villain and a classic um, supporting character coming together. Um, <laughs> that's not a Batman reference about them coming together. It's just, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just what happened. Right. Um, yeah. So, so the book leaves us in suspense and wanting more. Yeah, it, it, and it does such a good job of that. Uh, it does a great job of building up these characters that we know very little about, while also expanding on characters that we know about. Um, it, it's Bendis at his best, man. Like you can tell that he's having fun with this, that he really enjoys working on this character in this world. Uh, I think there's a lot more good stuff to come out of this. And I, I really can't wait to see where he goes. So I really like that too. Uh, but but I, I had one I had one burning question. And we talk about the world. You mentioned the world. Is burning a dick pun or <laughs> that is not another dick pun, no. Okay. <laughs> My Batawang is not burning. Although I like that you called it Batawang, but now I feel like I've got a speech impediment <laughs> whenever I say that. Doesn't it feel wrong when you say it? Doesn't it, it feel does, like it so, uh, yeah, man, like this, that world, right? That mm-hmm. Earth in the Superman story is uh, is under a considerable threat right now. And that was nowhere to be found in this book. So there's a little bit of a continuity jump, which is odd because he's writing both books. Well, here's, here's the thing about that. I don't know when Superman is taking place because that shit isn't happening anywhere in the DC universe. Yeah. Like nobody's dealing with that that crisis that they're in, um, so to me it's a little weird because like we know Bendis and we know how how much of a stickler he is for detail and how much of a stickler he is for having everything connect in some way, and this is where it just feels a little disjointed where like you have this Superman book that's taking place in some completely different timeline. It looks like. So you're going the stance of giving him the benefit of the doubt. And what I'm telling you is that that even that is slightly irrelevant because the fact of the matter is that both of us savvy readers, we're both confused. We're both at least left confused, whether you've given them the benefit of the doubt or not. Um, yeah, I found it weird that it wasn't in the other DC books too, but particularly in the books that he contains, at least in the Superman books, they're still they're still uh, fractured. So I found I found that interesting too. Fractured, not a, a bat dick pun. Just... But it's, <laughs> but it's obviously it's obviously different times, different timestamps, because Lois is there in Action Comics, and Lois is not there in Superman. Lois is kind of there in Action Comics, and is she not there in Superman comics? I don't know. Was it just written that way where she wasn't in any of the scenes, or is she not, or has have they not run into each other again yet? Oh my God, man! Fuck, are you fucking? Matthew Rosenberg, like, what's going on right now? <laughs> I feel like I just, I feel like I just read fucking Multiple Man. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to do it to you. <laughs> which, uh, which I did actually just read Multiple, Multiple Man number four. You see what I did there? Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Multiple, Man, Multiple Man number four came out last week. I you think. were high on, you were high on the first three. You still high? Yeah. Yeah. I fucking love it because he keeps doing shit like what you just did. Yeah. Like, I love it because, like, every single time, like, somebody travels back in time or travels forward in time, does any kind of time travel to fix shit, like, there's, like, this, like, string that we get to follow when somebody opens their mouth and describes what they've done. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fantastic. And, it, and this issue actually describes how everybody, how everybody came to be like, cause like there's like a bunch of different Jamie Madroxes in there. Uh, there's like a, a Sorcerer Supreme version. There's a Hulk version. There's a Deadpool version. There's a cable. There's so many different versions of him. And we get to find out when and how they were created. And then we get to see how they were gathered to become this, like this team, this super team of, of multiple men 
that are supposed to save the universe by traveling through time. And the way that they describe their adventures and the way that they talk, it's like, it's so confusing, but it's so easily followed that it's just, it's just so fun to read. It's such a joy. I love it. I, I absolutely love this book. Um, yeah, man, I, I'm about to confuse you again, man. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have anything for multiple men because I haven't, I haven't read it and I, you're making me want to check it out again. Um, but, but as a huge Spider-Man fan, uh, as I am, Spider-Man's my favorite character in the world. I can't give up on amazing. So I picked, <laughs> so you keep going back. I went back. I went, <laughs> I went back. I hated the last issue so significant. I hated the, the first arc so, so passionately. There's so many things specifically that I hate about it. Uh, like, like the Mary Jane Spider-Man, how they're taboo from Mephisto or whatever, and have some kind of weird deal with the devil to never be together again. And now suddenly they're back together again. And that relationship has never made sense to me in the first place. And yet here they are again in a, in, in a way that makes less sense to me. Um, but this, they, they cut out the Freaky Friday shit now. And they're focusing on him and his roommates. And it's, I've already, I'm already predetermined to hate it. You know that feeling when you're predetermined, you're predisposed to just not like something? Yeah. Sometimes it makes the experience better. When you go into a movie and you know it's going to suck. Oh, yeah. Then, then that movie becomes better because it exceeds your expectations by sucking less than you thought it was going to. Maybe that I don't know if that's what happened here or if this was a good book, but uh, Ramos, uh, Ramos had some really cool devices and choices with the with with his art. Oh, is, is he is he the artist on this now? I feel like I what I happened like to was I didn't I didn't look. Um, or are they alternating? I I don't know, but I I feel like yeah, it says Humberto Ramos, yeah. But I we know his art. Like if you. His his art is when you look at it, you you know it. But there was also some really cool things like uh, he was around the poker table. They would there were some people around the poker table, and they all started laughing. And he wanted to get their expressions, so he just floated their heads together in a panel, and so you could just see their heads all laughing in a way that their human bodies <laughs> would work. But we understand as readers, he's just showing us everybody laughing, and it was it's those things are just such um, confident creative choices. That that I definitely appreciated those things. So let's get back to the story that I'm already predisposed not to like. They focused on the small here, and I really like that. He's making out with Mary Jane. He's got his creep. Is that a dick creep. joke? Huh? Is that a dick joke? I I missed it if it was. <laughs> I missed it if it was. But there's plenty of room for dick jokes here, because uh, his roommate's trying to see him uh, do some things with Mary Jane. Uh, his roommate, as you know, is Boomerang. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is it Boomerang? Cap uh, Captain Boomerang's DC, right? This guy's just Boomerang? This guy's just Boomerang. Right. So so Boomerang is his roommate. Right. Uh, keep right. your enemies closer kind of way. And um, and his roommate ends up getting him into an adventure. An adventure of Spider-Man trivia night. I don't want to recant the whole story, but uh, it was it was a very fun, stupid, silly ride. It doesn't have any large things happening in it, which is okay. I don't need that. And I don't need every book to be an event book. This book focused on a, on a very small story, a very silly story where they're in the, the, the bar from nowhere. Wait, that's uh, Guardians. They're in the no-name bar or whatever it is. Uh, and it just focused on their small story. And it was cute and silly and, um, and fun. And I hate to say it because I hated the arc so much so far, but I, I, I really found enjoyment out of this book. It's not my top book this week or anything, but I definitely totally enjoyed it. That's good. That's good, man. Um, I, I, I'm going to have to read it then, I guess. I, I, I haven't. That's like, oh, I guess. I, have, I haven't been keeping up on, on Amazing um, as much as I thought I would. Uh, and I, a lot of that has to do with time. There's a lot of things going on. Uh, you know, in parallel to the uh, the podcast and and my comic book reading life, and you know that stuff is going to start calming down in a little bit, and I'll be able to catch up on a lot of the stuff I've been missing. But uh, but yeah, I think that's one of the books that fell to the side because I've been 
you know, picking up newer things and, and checking out new things like extermination and uh, the one that I want to talk about right now, which is uh, Heroes in Crisis. Hey, before you get into Heroes in Crisis and why you're talking about transition, I want to congratulate you on some of your transitions that I know you're not ready to speak about yet, if at all publicly. Uh, but also, uh, I Thank wanted you. to say publicly that um, that the audio is, we've been trying, you and I both are part of other podcasts, other successful podcasts, and you and I have both been trying experimental things here as we get this one off the ground. So our sound on sometimes has been great because of some experiments and on other days has been way less than great and to neither of our standards. So uh, I just wanna I just wanna assure everybody that those are things that we're working on. Today's another experiment episode and we'll see how it goes, but uh, we're gonna keep experimenting until it sounds good consistently. Yeah, and then once we get it all nailed down and we know exactly what we're gonna be doing, uh, I. I propose you can, uh, we haven't talked about this, but if you have a problem with it, you can let me know. Uh, I propose doing just a soft relaunch, man, and just taking it from, taking it from square one so that we can uh, get everybody on board on the, at the same time. Our 17 listeners better still listen. Yeah, exactly. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Because we, we, we need y'all. What else you got? But, um, but yeah, Heroes in Crisis, man. Heroes in Crisis. That's the DC event book? It's a DC event book. It's nine issues, and it's uh, it's your boy, it's your boy, Tom King. Um, he's been. I don't. I, I don't know where this came from, man. But uh, this basically was started back in um, like they dropped the hints and the egg for this uh, for this particular story back in um, I think it was Batman number forty eight, forty seven, um. Just before the wedding, when they were being, uh, you know, held captive by Poison Ivy. All right. And uh, do you do you remember them like offering, uh, you know, sanctuary to Poison Ivy so that she could get better? Yes. Um, like they they brought her to this place called Sanctuary where she was going to get help, uh, you know, mental for her mental illness, uh, which was. I think there was some sort of PTSD that she was going through that was causing her to behave that the way that she was in that extreme fashion where she decided that she was going to take control of everything, uh, which is which is an interesting thing for them to do with this character, knowing that she has been trying to take control of everything for a very fucking long time. <laughs> but all of a sudden, we've decided that it's PTSD. But that's fine, because that's what Tom King does. He goes in and he gives everybody a, a motivation and a reason for what they do and and fleshes it out and does very incredible things with these stories so i'm willing to forgive that um but this is the story of sanctuary or the story of how sanctuary ends um in the first issue it is pretty fucking brutal um so i don't know if you want me to give anything away or not i don't know if you've read it did you read it no i haven't read it yet but go for it so so basically everybody dies, man. <laughs> like there's a lot of fucking people that die in sanctuary and you get this uh like basically it starts off with the heroes investigating. Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. It's kind of not not really like that. Um <laughs> but it's it's a uh, it's a lot more brutal actually. Um because like while that was emotionally brutal like this is physically brutal. Like you can actually see all the bodies kind of laying around bloody. Uh, and we're talking like fucking Wally West. We're talking, uh, you know, Roy Hopper, um, you know, like Arsenal and, and, and uh, Kid Flash. And you're talking, uh, you know, like all these characters that you, you know, like they're big characters. These aren't just like fucking throwaways. Um, but it starts off with Harley Quinn battling with uh, with Booster Gold at at first very playfully and, and soon after uh, very brutally uh, just starts stabbing the shit out of him. But you're wondering what the hell's going on. And the heroes are investigating Sanctuary and like the deaths at Sanctuary and Harley and Booster Gold are having a, a, a conversation I want to call it maybe a conversation, but it's as much of a conversation that you can have with a crazy ass bitch uh, like Harley, uh, which 
she's like crazy to the nth degree in this book. Uh, like they really like go, they really go in on her being crazy. Like I'm not just exaggerating. Um, but the conversation that they have ends up in a place where you're just like, what? It's like a whoa moment. So I'm not going to give this part away, but you definitely have to read it. It's very well written. And you can tell that you can tell that, uh, He's either been, the writer has either been a part of like debriefings where you're, you're listening to people tell their, their story and like their problems and, and trying to, you know, figure out like, you know, like if they have PTSD, if they don't, or if they do, how to help them. Uh, He's either been on one side of the table or the other. I'm not sure, but whatever side of the table he's been on, it's very well communicated in this book that he knows what the fuck he's talking about. Um, And, and he definitely makes you feel for each character as they tell their story. It's really, it's really well written. It's really I'm well done. Ch- I have to check it out. Um, and yeah, it deserves any accolades that it's probably going to receive. Hmm. What you got? Man, uh, I, my last book is Jessica Jones. Oh, shit. I forgot that came out. You missed it? You missed oh, Jessica Kelly, Jones? Don't Kelly, don't hate me. Uh, she won't because we're gonna give her props right now. Uh, another it's, God, so- it's a goddamn digital book, man. Another solid one. <laughs> I keep forgetting. Another solid one. Uh, there was so so. I had some initial. Uh, I had some initial criticisms. Uh, it, it's not really of her. It, it fits in with her story, so it makes sense. But um, she's got this character that she set up. Who does another Freaky Friday? We got a lot of Freaky Friday books happening where there's two Daredevils and two Spider-Mans. Well, in this one, she's got um, she's got a character who has doubled himself and he has taken out all the bad shit. It's like uh, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger and twins, where yeah. where one of them is or or like you just said, like like Amazing Spider-Man with, with yeah. Peter Parker and and Peter Parker. I think they ran a twins uh, a twins movie night at Marvel. they all went off into their writing room and said i know what i'm gonna do or i wonder if they (laughs) challenge each other and make weird bets like hey you know what who can do this fucking (laughs) storyline like i bet you won't won't make a fucking twin (laughs) storyline um but but there was so many really cool things going on and 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 while in the background my background noise in my house was was the Kavanaugh hearings um, for for him being um, and 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 um, Dr. Ford testifying, you know, with the with the sexual allegations and stuff. Um, there was there was a lot of stuff in it, and it reminded me. It clicked in like why she set up this character, and and this character definitely has it out for women specifically, right? And and an abuse of power over women. Um, she knows what she's doing. I thought the character was a little stale to me. Like I, I wish that character was as delicious as the Purple Man. But she knows what she's doing. Uh, the book was dope, even if that character was a little whack to me. And and there was definitely some contrast. And I think she made me a pig on purpose. Like I think this book is a trap, and she made me a pig on purpose because uh, through his sick mind, he put her in Miss um, Marvel's uh, Captain Marvel's Captain Marvel's. Uh, one piece you know yep. what I'm talking about the black one with the bolt yeah um and it was dope as hell seeing jessica jones run around it and then i felt super guilty for being like yo jessica jones is dope as hell she ended up at the um <laughs> ended up at, at dr strange's place where he has a i don't know a fucking lamp or something being guarded by two snakes and the two snakes were all sexually inappropriate like yo damn look at them legs <laughs> and i felt I felt like a dick because of the contrast that she's purposefully intending with this book. Like she did some checkmate weird jujitsu shit on my brain. Uh, and I appreciated it. And we should all be checking ourselves right now, watching how many of these stories are out there and valid. You know what I mean? And how many times have I been a dick? Like that's what these stories, when I'm listening to the hearings, I'm thinking, damn, I never did no shit like that. But I've did some shit where I feel like I've been a pig before. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. So I'm reading her book and I'm I'm feeling like guilty while the book is so fucking dope. It's a dope ass book. Um again, I that character didn't grow on me as much as the character was kind of the only stale thing to me in the book. Everything else was so dope. 
particularly her very powerful message. I find her to be very empowering uh, and a dope writer. But as you know, her digital series is coming twofold, right? And that's not another bat dick joke. Her, her she's got uh, she's got an additional book every issue with a different artist because she's not abusing these artists to death. So this book had that story, and then it had an entirely separate story after it about uh, about D baby Danny's birthday. Danny's the name, right? Yeah, L Luke and Jessica. Yeah. So, so baby Danny has a birthday party, and they have a very bad day. They have a very bad day where uh, She-Hulk shows up to their house and uh, and starts eating their cupcakes at 8 in the morning. And uh, Thor shows up early and a villain shows up and comedy ensues and it's hilarious. But at the same time, you're you're dealing with some very familiar threads. For example, and, and it's the kind of shit that we all have in our relationships at home. So think about it this way, right? Yep. Luke, Luke got the party favors and she goes in... To, to bring them out of the closet, where it was. And um, he's like, what? It was supposed to be rainbows and unicorns, right? Because he could read her. He could read that he did something wrong, right? He's looking at her body language like, oh, shit, she's mad about something. And you see her saying, don't bug out about this. Don't bug out about this. It's not a big deal. And she just takes them because as she agreed, that's exactly what she asked him for. And Kelly later goes on to spell out exactly what the problem was, but I didn't need it spelled out for me because I can see that all of those balloons was purple and that was triggering Jessica. So, and, and this book leaves with another uh, cliffhanger and it was cute at the end and tough at the end uh, at the same time. Um, but she, she has intent behind all of these little pieces that she's putting into her books. And I think it's beautiful. I think it's a dope read. So I was really excited about that. That's, um that that was my top book this week i didn't read i didn't read that dc event book but that was my top book yeah man i i agree 100 percent um with everything that you're saying about like the way that these stories are being handled and how people need to pay attention um one thing of note there is uh the same people the same people that um have been saying that the idea of being a product of your environment is silly and ludicrous in that people of color are just downright criminals and we were born that way. These are the same people that are out there crying that, hey, this is just the way things have been all this time. And uh, we had no idea, right? And it's all, fuck them. Anyway, I'm sorry. Somebody... I, I Somebody, this is not about comics, but somebody that you and I both know, uh, and and he's he's a good guy, very close to us, and uh, but he's always shied away from the race discussions, and he's always said that he doesn't fit. And this is a dark-skinned Puerto Rican dude, real, real big dude, um, and he's always been like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't see what you're talking about. I don't see what you're talking about. Well, he was just the victim of some super like racist shit at his gym, and he's kicked out of his gym now because of some shit that the white people had said about him. So, um, so yeah, this is a real thing and it's ill that I'm finding solutions and processing out in comic books lately. And that tells me one thing that they're moving forward with inclusion and representation. And I really appreciate that. Right. I really yeah. appreciate that with, with what Kelly Thompson was doing here as described earlier and what Jim Zub did in champions a couple of weeks ago and what, uh, our favorite, you know, what Vita Ayala has been doing for years and what Brian Bendis has been doing for years, um, well, here's, here's where it all comes from, man. It, it comes from the creators actually living this shit. And, and that's where the good material comes from. Real art doesn't imitate life. Real art comes from personal experience. Um, it, it's not an imitation. It's reality uh, put into a way that people can process and understand and figure out using either characters that they're, they're familiar with or using words that are easily digested and understood so it, it's really just a matter of who's giving us the material i don't think it's a i don't think it's a company-wide stance i think it's just each individual artist and yeah. each individual I, writer that is putting stuff out is actually the ones that are actually living this shit i well i completely agree and if i just made people feel nice i'm gonna make people feel bad again i completely agree because i'm very suspicious about both of the major flagship 
comic book companies, you know, company wide. I saw some things in the past few years that make me really question Marvel, despite the fact that I'm seeing some really beautiful things come from within. And the correct. same thing can be said for DC. Um, Absolutely correct. Which I will not go on a rant about right now. Uh, take going all the way years back to like Catwoman and decades back before that. But anyway, sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry, no, no. sorry. No, sorry. next on my list. Next on my list is Extermination, number three. Okay. Um, hey, how long is your list this week? Oh, we're doing a double week. That's right. Yeah. And this is it. This is my last one. Go for it. Uh, Extermination, number three. Did you read it? I did not. Yo, Extermination, you've been reading them, though, right? You're up. You finished number two I and all not. that? I am not. No, I read the first one. Ooh, son, you need to start reading this because everybody needs to start reading this. It's amazing. It's, uh, it's Ahab, man. Ahab is a character that I always thought was was dumb. I always fucking hated Ahab. But right now, Ahab is like the creepiest fucking character in Marvel Comics right now that I can think of. Like, this is a dude that... And, like, I, I guess he's always been this way, but they've never really utilized him in a way that made me feel as creepy. Or maybe I was too young to feel the creepiness of it. But yeah. he's, he's a slave master. And he fucking, like, he... He tortures yeah. and, and brainwashes mutants and turns them into his slaves to a point where they like worship him and call him master. And like he's found a way to and like the, the most fucked up thing about this book is that he's found a way to do this in like a moment. Like he can do it in, in a couple of minutes now because he's got a couple of mutants on his team that can kind of make you can do all of the brainwashing. Uh, through telepathy or through like uh, a mutant ability to like mess with your mind um, and implant memories of the torture and the brainwashing. So like he can in an instant, like just take somebody from your team and just turn them into a, a, a into one of his hounds. And I don't know, man, there's just something unsettling about being on a team, like just thinking about being on the team of individuals and then having one of your friends, one of your closest allies uh, become uh, a bloodthirsty enemy uh, just trying to kill you and get you. It's almost like a zombie kind of effect. Um, but a, or, or like, you know, invasion of the body snatchers kind of thing. It's uh, it's unsettling, very unsettling. And and the writer, uh, Brisson, Ed Brisson, has uh, successfully translated that feeling in this issue i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna have to check that out i'm gonna have to go back a couple of issues you sold me on that and multiple man i am uh i am put off recently by uh by x-men in particular i probably talked about it on almost every episode so far uh so my jeers this week right like my booze this week boo my boo this week is that x-men trailer man that gene uh the gene gray the dark phoenix Man, uh, fuck that. I didn't even know that came out. Did you? You didn't see that trailer? I didn't even know it came out. I don't give a fuck. I haven't been following it. I don't give a shit. It's it's the old guard. It, um, and obviously, and obviously, little to do with Marvel Comics, right? Like we right. agree, we agree on that. But either way, uh, both are oversaturated, in my opinion. The movies and the TV shows. There are obviously some cool things coming out in between them, like Deadpool and Logan, uh, and and the same thing in the comics front, like X twenty three. But but. For the most part, it's been oversaturated for me. So it's been hard for me to find the diamonds in the rough like a multiple man or extreme. Don't sleep. They're in the middle of an overhaul, man. They really so, are. Because and I guarantee they said no, we didn't we didn't cancel X-Men or do any of that shit because of the fucking Fox deal. No. No, we know they did. We know we know they yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, we didn't get rid of We uh, know they were shitting on Fox's before, property. Blah, blah. It's really fucking funny that now that they own them again, they're they're coming back, right? And they're and they're experiencing a resurgence. Total uh, coincidence. Total coincidence. It has nothing to do with the Fox sale. They weren't being bitter. They weren't holding all their toys back. You know what I mean? And, and just letting them out a little bit. Um, no, they they are holding toys, letting them out a little bit. We still making Batman jokes? Yeah, actually, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little the, tiny, uh, a little tiny bit. A little tiny bit. But the. Uh, like but real talk man i heard so i heard you i heard you on the books now hear me on this trailer man storm is sitting there uh and she's in the rain and she's got an umbrella out (laughs) 
Dumb. <laughs> right? Like, super like super to a dumb. casual observer, <laughs> to a casual observer, no big deal, right? <laughs> to right. The black chick, it's raining, she's got an umbrella. And I'm like, it's fucking storm. <laughs> it's fucking like, what? What? Uh, I understand that it's she like might. like Quicksilver driving a car. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I maybe at some point Storm would just stand there in the rain because it looked like maybe it was a funeral or something, and maybe she wanted to stand there in solidarity and she didn't want to do anything about the rain because the rain was appropriate. Maybe there's some dark poetic meaning, but it was still a, 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 a silly image. Um, so that was my boo for the week. I don't know if you have one, but I definitely, I definitely that to me it wasn't as bad, by the way, as the Teen Titan shit. But uh, but that to me was my boo for the week. My yay for the week is um, is Bojack Horseman is now gone the season came and went it's my favorite show on television i it helps me deal with some psychological stuff that he's definitely going through again everybody feels like an asshole at some point and this dude's a total asshole and i love the way they do it through their cartoon world of animals and animal puns but but now south park is back so Bojack Horseman's gone and South Park is back. And if you haven't seen it this week, I think they tried and missed to do a little bit of what Champions did where they do a, uh, there was a, a, a shooting and they, they made their South Park jokes around the shooting. That didn't come across as distasteful. My problem wasn't that, it just wasn't right. Like they didn't nail it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Randy was the star of the show. Randy is hilarious no matter what. But the reason I bring this up on our com on our comic book podcast is because uh, there was a subtle, there was a subtle, not there was a not subtle uh, shitting on Black Panther, which is fine. They made fun of Black Panther through the whole show, um, but there was a real subtle nod to Jessica Jones. Cartman goes to investigate a problem, and and now it's all jazzy in the background as he's walking around in his leather jacket. Totally a Jessica Jones nod. <laughs> Just wanted to put that out there. Nice. Uh, yeah, what's like your, that. you got any, uh, you got any, any big things this week? Any big shout outs or? Uh, nope, nope, no big shout outs. No, nothing really, man. Like the, the biggest shout out I have is for, uh, basically Marvel bringing back the X-Men to, to prominence. Um, one of my favorite teams in the, uh, Marvel universe is the X-Men or has been the X-Men, and that's hasn't been the case for a very long time. And I feel like a kid again, reading some of these books and, and seeing what they have planned. Um, they're bringing back Uncanny X-Men, the book Uncanny X-Men. And I think they're going to, I think all the other ones like X-Men Red, X-Men Gold, X-Men Blue, hopefully uh, the other ones are going to start falling away and we're going to have Uncanny X-Men and maybe just an adjectiveless X-Men again. Um, but the the plans and the plans for X Force. I mean, looking at the cover for X Force with uh, you know, like some some people from the outside. I mean, you're gonna get Deathlock on X Force, which is pretty dope. Uh, like Kid Cable, uh, the teenage Cable that killed Old Man Cable. Uh, and I don't think the team knows it. You know what I mean? I think they they have no idea that he's the one that killed him. Uh, like these are these are things that they're gonna be dealing with in these books. I'm just fucking excited, man. It it's just. <laughs> To me, it's just like a, I'm a kid in the candy store right now. All right, I'm wait. I'm waiting. See, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to find out. But yeah, that's it for me, man. Yeah, that's it for me too. We'll see you next Wednesday, every Thursday. All right. Peace.